How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going good, but I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, like I require something. Oh. Like maybe a little more Vespine gas. Oh. <laughs> we need more Vespine gas. <laughs> Construct additional pile. <laughs> what are we talking about? Mechanically, I don't know if that's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Was it we need additional pylons? We must construct additional pylons. Mm, yeah. But then we the warp them in. more Vespian gas. Yeah. Huh. We're going to head on mechanics, I think. <laughs> this is StarCraft. This sounds like StarCraft. Yeah. If you couldn't tell from like the intro tunes plus the vague keywords we're throwing out. There are some it, people. And if you didn't read the description, you just yeah. clicked the blind link from a stranger. Because <laughs> you trusted them and you're foolish. There's going to be a Venn diagram of people who have never played StarCraft. And they can't read. <laughs> and they listen to our podcast. It's a small demographic that we're reaching out to here, but they exist. More niche than a baloney quiche, I always say. That's pretty niche, though. I don't know if there's anything that niche. <laughs> That's why I'm saying it's very unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Um, most people have probably played StarCraft. I did. Uh, it's been a long freaking time. Because uh, we were talking about OG StarCraft, right? Yeah, StarCraft 1. This is like back before it was even called StarCraft one time. So that's right? how old it is. Yeah. Remember it was just Xbox? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> but yeah, StarCraft, uh, grandfather of modern RTS. And also a game. That it, is an it RTS. Is a game. <laughs> yes. This qualifies for podcast discussion. Yeah. Passes so, through the board. <laughs> so I think we've beaten around the bush enough. It's time to beat the bush. StarCraft. I played it, like I said, way back when. Uh, you played it. So did you play it like when it came out? Because I know I was a little late. I'm, I was always a little late for most games because mm -hmm. my parents weren't huge on gaming. So I'm like, hey, can I do these things? And they're like, no, play outside. I'm like, <laughs> my, the skin, the sun on my skin sucks. <laughs> but the but, sun, it hates me. <laughs> father no <laughs> but i think i got in around when battle chests were becoming a thing uh the like the compilation things yeah where you'd have like oh starcraft and starcraft brood war you're like oh you can get them together for 40 bucks that's so cool yeah and then like a week later they're immediately 20 <laughs> but around the same time as like diablo 2 oh, yeah. uh, warcraft 3 battle chest obviously warcraft 3 was after mm -hmm. but all around that time i was big into the only thing i had was pc gaming yes yeah. And my dad was also in on that Blizzard mindset. Mm -hmm. So, like, we got in. We kind of, like, alternate playing missions and stuff. I'm like, fuck yes. Like, you would actually play one mission, then he'd play the next? I think we had, like, separate campaigns. Okay, gotcha. Like, he had his own profile <laughs> as Daddio. Right. Because that was his yes. cool name. Right. And then I would do something, you know, surprisingly edgy. I guess not surprising. I was, like, 13. Yeah, yeah. Those are prime edge years. Yeah. I'm imagining that you do, like, play the same uh, profile, taking turns on each mission. You're like, the story doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Wait, am I a different race now? <laughs> We'd meet in between missions and come to, like, a handoff. Yeah. So here's what happened. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the debriefing, right? We usually, like, if one person would play, the other person would kind of, like, sit by and watch. Right. Like, you'd commentate, be like, oh, hey, watch out for this thing. And it was, like, a group gaming experience. Yeah. For even just the single player, in my household at least. That sounds really cool, actually. 
My parents never got like big into games. Yeah, they did, never like sounded later. very gamey from your description. Yeah, it was like a separate thing. There were some games they got into, but not necessarily the same games I played. It was just like bejeweled on mobile. App. Yeah, I know, right? Free sell and Korean games. I don't know, weird stuff. But uh, yeah, I remember the first time I saw StarCraft. Uh, my friend uh, Tony was playing it uh, back in Washington, and I saw like. Um, one of the units die and starcraft's like pretty violent i would say like not necessarily by today's standards but to a but kid, for like late 90s if yeah. it was it wasn't like a, a shooter like doom exactly yeah it's like um back when my parents are just like not really sure if i should play t-rated games <laughs> it's just like uh i saw like a unit die or something there's like blood on the ground i'm like ah my stomach feels weird it's just actually uncomfortable watching starcraft I thought that, and I was like, this game looks awesome, though, so finally got it and uh, went back to play it. That might have been uh, incognito mode. I don't know if my parents knew that I ever played StarCraft when I did, but <laughs> yeah, you do what you gotta do. Play good games. You just uninstall the game before they came home and <laughs> yeah. just, like, replay the same mission over and over? Yeah, I wasn't too worried about that. They weren't very technically savvy. I could just, like... Just rename it. it to uh, not StarCraft. <laughs> oh, okay. Got him. Yeah. Change the icon. If you don't have a, a, an, a shortcut on the desktop, then you're basically invincible. There's no way they can find out what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that'll be like a separate thing, but it, it's surprising what you can hide just like one folder <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, StarCraft came out, was um, kind of built off of Warcraft, right? Which I, I personally had never played. Uh, did you play Warcraft? I didn't get around to Warcraft until, like I said, kind of like those Battle Chess days. Oh, yeah. Warcraft 3 and Frozen Throne. Is it Frozen Throne? I know Frozen Throne is the name of one of the expansions. I think it's Warcraft 3 is the other expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, when all that came out, but I had never heard of, like, Warcraft 1 or Warcraft 2. Right. I didn't really know of Blizzard as a whole. I'm just like, this game looks awesome. Yeah. You had pretty good judgment, I guess, as a kid, because the game was actually awesome. Um, But StarCraft, I think, was built off of the same engine, similar engine. And obviously, I mean, I don't know if this was meant to be uh, one in a continuation of craft-like games, (laughs) where they just continued to modify it. But uh, they stopped after StarCraft, I think. I think they just realized that they had a good thing with WarCraft, but like, Mm -hmm. hey, let's try something else to branch out into a different genre of Mm -hmm. space. And then they had this whole fucking space opera of shit. Yeah. And uh, I think it's stayed pretty well. Yeah, I would agree. I think, uh, I mean, the fact that they went back and made a remaster and changed, like, nothing about the game other than graphics and, you know, improved the audio quality or whatever. That's a pretty good sign that your game's, you know, got some longevity. Um, But yeah, the, the game itself, jumping into this was a real-time strategy game uh kind of fixed view camera you couldn't really zoom out or zoom in but this is back when everyone had like low resolution monitors anyways right yeah so it's like like 640 by or like 800 by 640 yeah i mean that's your standard resolution that's quite you have to like play on like windows 95 98 yeah um but you'd uh jump in there and i know i uh, did campaign first i never really did anything other than a campaign um but like right from the get go, uh, I was like, "All right, this game's different from other things I've played. I've played like Sonic the Hedgehog and like Army Men and other games that have been forgotten by time." <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, it's not as much of a linear game mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you're going through a thing. The campaign was actually like a really well-storied mission. Yeah. And it was, I'll say riddled because littered sounds bad, uh-huh. with a lot of different characters. And there was like a main plot line, but like one or two side plots. Yeah. But it was just surprising the depth that they put into it compared to like another game of that time. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of somewhat breaching new territory. Yeah. And even like the, sh- the mission briefings, you'd have little animations of characters as they spoke to you. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like several different ones. And it'd be like a big paragraph of like dialogue between people. So you got like the full rundown of like, here's what you're doing and why. Yeah. I remember those uh, those debriefing screens had really cool aesthetics to them. They had like the um, the Terran AI uh, machine, uh, like yeah. the, the with the lady's face kind of on it, and this uh, kind of like iRobot style future uh, set up. Um, and the other campaigns had other screens that were equally cool. Uh, I think Zerg was probably my favorite, but all the backgrounds were kind of different based on the races, like you're saying. Yeah. Like, Terrans, you were in inside of, like, a ship, so it's all very metallic in the yeah. background, very spacious. Zerg, you were inside of something very Zergy, so it looked very alien and slimy. Yeah. And then for Protoss, spoilers, there's a race called Protoss. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was, like, you're looking out onto, like, the Citadel. Yeah. And you see all these futuristic buildings in the background. Yeah, I think this was back, like, uh, you could almost, like, compare them as different skins for whatever your debriefing screen is i'm just like oh yeah like this makes sense because this is back at like win amperes or like when everybody yes. has different skins or it's like oh i use windows media player oh which skin do you use did you download this one yeah, this I one's know. really cool what's your visualizing exactly <laughs> what was your visualizer by the way i don't i i can't remember what i had uh back then i i know at some point like we upgraded to windows or something and like the dll stopped loading so yeah. we literally couldn't use the visualizer anymore but yeah hashtag just 90s things there was a time where I like found some really cool ones, but then as I got older and more mature, mm-hmm. I went back to just a cooler version of the bars. I'm like, yeah, yeah, got those. And bars. now I'm like, it's I haven't thought about that in years. I haven't even had a visualizer in years. I know how the music sounds like. I don't need to fucking see it. Right. <laughs> got, I got things to do. Actually, why did I ever like care about the visual? Did I actually just sit there and watch it while I listened to music? You did, and so did I. What in the world? I don't, I don't, it was a different time, Jake. Yeah, different I time. I don't understand young people, I guess. Um, yeah, anyways, back to StarCraft. <laughs> so, starting out here, you uh, you jump in as Terran, which are basically your... Uh, I'm going to use the term Space Marines. That might not like be absolutely correct, but it is. It's it's the human race, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're your future, uh, future humans in this kind of dystopic... Um, not not necessarily dystopic, but hyper futuristic society where uh, humanity is expand all, expanded like all across the galaxy. Just like, hey, you know, this is as many sci-fi series are. It's like we've got an outpost on this planet and that planet and that planet. It's like humanity like numbers in hundreds of billions or trillions or whatever it is, ridiculous amount of people. Um, just a really cool setting to drop you in uh, right off the get go, and it's also got this kind of like Western vibe to it. Where um, even though they're all wearing power armor, basically all the the space marines are, they're kind of like cowboys, and like their attitudes. Well, in like the outskirts of space, you're not as directly governed by yeah. Earth, and you're on like a satellite planet. You're like, 
this is how we do things around here. Exactly, right. It becomes like that Wild West, just kind of very freelance, open-ended, mm-hmm. what you want it to be. It's like, like open up the visor on your uh, power armor and like down a shot of scotch or whatever, yeah. light up a cigarette. <laughs> Cigar, right? Not a cigarette. Obviously not a cigarette. But no, yeah. Something classy. Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, they play probably closest to other RTS-type uh, races at the time. Like you said, they're the humans, so... Um, they have uh, mechanical units, um, things like uh, my favorite were the siege tanks. Like that was that was my only strategy when I played this game was literally defend, <laughs> don't lose, and then after I've exhausted pretty much all of the resources in my base, then use that army to try to win. <laughs> Tempo was something I did not understand. So you just put it, clump everything in your base until you're like it's time, and then the floodgates would be exactly opened. right. Yeah. You're like I am forced by necessity due to the lack of resources to leave the confines of my sanctuary I provided for myself. I'm gonna have a question for you about that in a little bit. Um, just going over some of the units, though. Yeah. Uh, SCVs are mm. the Terran builder slash resource collector. Yeah. Um, so when you are building a structure, let's say like a barracks, because you want to make marines, mm. the SCV has to take time and stay with that building until it's completion right they like walk around it and like so use a welder thing yeah it's basically just like a little like an it guy who just got put in a suit he's like shit i'm here <laughs> is this the front line i was told i wouldn't be put on the front line <laughs> but yeah the scvs as many characters in the game um have uh, pretty distinct personalities each of the uh, each of the things you'll run across or you can build uh, the units will have lines they'll say like when you click on them or tell them to attack and things and uh, Starcraft has like good personalities there I think oh yeah definitely like um, I think like one of the the classics they obviously have the Marines everything like that uh, but they have some variant units uh, right like the fire bats yeah yeah and I never really built them Um because they weren't really my particular way to engage in combat. But uh, they had great personalities. They're all just pyromaniacs, right? They're actually insanely good, though. Are you trying to get invited to my next barbecue? As far as... Because they technically count as a melee attack and not ranged. Mm-hmm. But their streams of fire shoot at a good distance and have splash damage. Yeah. So when you're being attacked by a lot of ground units, like Zerglings being yeah. the iconic I li- one from zerg i right? only think of zerglings so that's like the only thing i think of who else attacks bunkers nobody <laughs> um they're really good for that but they are kind of susceptible as units because they're pretty inexpensive to make they're only like 50 to 75 minerals for a lot of the mm-hmm. um human ground units yeah minerals so can, are easy to get yeah, yeah you just have scvs get them you just wait patiently <laughs> but you can stuff your uh, human units into bunkers which is just like a defensive structure which you can't attack the units inside until you kill the bunker. Right. So you can still hit things with range and kind of like build up a choke point to defend your base. It's kind of your fixed emplacement that's, I think, definitive in my mind of Terran. Like when I think of Terran, I think of siege tanks. I think of bunkers. They have other units. I didn't build them. But... Yeah, but a lot of their stuff is like very static. I mean, so are most other races. Yeah. Terran are iconic for it, though. Yeah. It's like, other races have other things that, like you said, fixed emplacements. Um, None of them stand out in my mind to the same extent of, like, literal turtling as a strategy, right? You're like, I have surrounded my base with a wall of 
gunfire and explosives. <laughs> I am safe. <laughs> I will sit here and wait to expire all of my resources. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely good at turtling. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other units you mentioned, like siege tanks, mm. were insanely good. Because if you had vision, you could kind of plant your siege tank to put it in siege mode. Which is awesome. And then it would shoot for like a much greater distance and have this splash damage. Yeah. So if you could put some behind your choke point, anything that was rushing choke point would get fucking nuked. Yeah. The downside, though, is they don't have any anti-air capability. So if, like, some mutilists or other air units come in, you're just like, hey, hey guys, help, please. <laughs> Guess I'll die. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do such a linear strategy mm-hmm. and have it be viable. But typically you've built other anti-air, whether it be through another unit like Goliath. Right. Which was insanely good for that. And yeah. that's like kind of mid range. It's like a mech thing, but it's mostly guns. <laughs> so if you saw Matrix 3, I think it was also in Matrix 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I but like the external, the, like you put your arms in the, the machine thing. gun suits, yeah. basically. They're like that, but beefed up. Like more plating yes. and arms. <laughs> and they also have anti air missiles, which are just yeah. nuts. Really freaking good. Uh, let's see other uh, Terran things that stood out to me were the um, the ghosts. Those were really iconic in Terran because they're like psionics that have been trained. Uh, they're in the the military and they have uh, aggression inhibitors and all of this conditioning to basically keep them from going crazy. They're like professional assassins. Yes, they're like professional assassins on drugs and like kept sedated and all of this nonsense, so they don't like destroy other people like other than whoever's being targeted right but uh they have sniper rifles they'll go invisible those are both very good abilities uh so you kind of like pristinely pick off uh precision precision targets just like there's one guy in the enemy line that's causing me problems send the ghosts for him um i probably used them a couple times in the campaigns but it was like not a blunt enough weapon for me <laughs> i can you know, yeah. attack move and call it a day like it's not a they don't have crazy dps yeah is they had high burst yeah it was like a lot of damage right out the gate but they were like super squishy so if you like happen to have somebody who can detect them and uh there were some buildings in the game and other mm-hmm. units that could actually provide uh vision um one example of those would be the uh the anti-air uh, turrets that uh, Terran could build. Yeah, would take down um, take down flyers. Uh, Terran can also use uh, an ability on their command center, which is like the main heart of your base. Each race had one, um, where you usually build your uh, production units. Um, they could uh, scan anywhere in the world, so it's just like, hey, I think that there's some enemies here. Like, I'll drop a scan, see exactly what they're doing. Yeah, you get true sight of the area. That's the other reason Terran was great for for turtling. Was you're just like. I can actually have some vision of the enemy base without ever leaving my safety circle. <laughs> do I need to build anti-air? Scan their base. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> yes, 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 I, I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, another ability that Ghost had was uh, Lockdown, which could disable a mechanical unit. So if you're just like, hey, I scanned your base. I know that you're sending, you know, aircraft, like, carriers at me or something like that. Uh, I'll position some Ghosts. As soon as those are in range, just turn them off. Let your anti-air take care of them. I think the ghost could keep sniping them while they were disabled, but yeah, I don't recall. <laughs> the only downside is when you have those cool abilities on units, it's always taking some type of energy, yeah, mm-hmm. which does recharge over time. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Terran really had a 
reliable way to get energy back besides waiting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's just called energy, too. Like, yeah. for all of the races, it's just called energy. I'd actually seen a couple people while they were talking about, like, units um, early on. They would actually refer to it as mana. Like, from, Girl, no. from Warcraft. It ain't they mana, just, though. They had, like, that association. So they're just like, yeah, I'll just keep calling it mana. It was really weird. Uh, since I started, you know, with StarCraft. I haven't played Warcraft. Like, that's not right. <laughs> You're wrong, sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, Terran, uh, Terran had a, a lot of interesting units like that. They also had um, they had uh, Wraiths, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, like, their cloaked flyers. Uh, I did like those units, because I could... Those are insanely good versus air hit and run awesomeness and you're like if you're playing through the campaign or something maybe the enemy only has so many detectors you know take those out call it a day <laughs> you're basically good and then battle cruisers on top of that yeah which mm-hmm. is like like the top tier unit which is like air superiority yeah they could hit air and ground and they have a special ability you can unlock called the yamato cannon yep. where you would charge and then just pour a shit ton of damage on a single target yep so if you had a couple, you're like, hey, the enemy base, like they're at command center. <laughs> yeah. You hear the charging, you're like, oh, it's, I mean, you've probably seen the Battle Cruiser before that, but you're like, mm-hmm. this does not end well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's their, I want to kill another unit in the game button, basically. If you had a lot of them, that's a lot of burst. Yeah. Crazy amount of burst. And the other iconic thing about Ghost, obviously, is, are the nukes. Oh, yeah, the nukes. Which is the whole reason that Ghosts have Cloak in the first place. That's true, right? Because they essentially channel, you hear the iconic noise, mm-hmm. and a red dot appears. But as the opponent, you just hear, a nuclear launch has been detected. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> if you were good, uh, I think certain units did have red spots on them or structures. Yeah. So you try and position it where it was like fucking invisible to the naked eye. Oh man, that's that's devious. So you'd essentially have to, as the defending player scan or move around your detection to find where the unit is because the ghost is just standing there locked in position mm-hmm. you don't have that long right you got like you really have like window. 15 20 seconds yeah that's a lot that's a that's not a lot of time if your base is spread out if, you got like if you're doing bases, other stuff too expansions and things yeah. or maybe you're dealing with a fight in the center of the map as well yeah stuff's going on mm-hmm. maybe he's nuking himself just to make you paranoid oh that's <laughs> deep mm, no that's a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> make him waste the skin and i'll just destroy my base <laughs> it's got him it's, it's it's like chess you gotta you, sometimes you just gotta give your king up <laughs> sometimes you gotta strip off your clothes and just run at the guy right <laughs> yeah. but oh, if man. the nuke did land uh, it was pretty expensive to make and it yep. also cost supply which every time you made a unit it would count towards your maximum things you could build mm-hmm. um if it actually landed it did a lot of damage would yeah. usually take out structures yeah. or severely damage them and pretty much kill any unit that was in the area yeah so if you could get on their base and destroy their economy line mm-hmm. collecting those resources it was a pretty big win oh yeah oh yeah it's like they were they were uh slow and they probably worked best in things like the campaign where you had all that time to turtle or maybe you're against you know somewhat of similar skill and you're both turtling that's your chance to use them but uh, yeah the ai wasn't really <laughs> fitted for that yeah i mean like, ai that, that really wasn't good <laughs> the best AI i could do is maybe like type in chat like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fucking what? <laughs> pretty accurate oh man but yeah that was that was probably my experience with um with uh terran more um they did pretty cheap marines which were like i think some of the best rounded early game units 
Oh yeah, they um, had range. Their damage wasn't bad, mm-hmm. and they were literally no money. Yeah, like it's just fifty. Yeah, which is the same cost for an SCV. Like super freaking cheap, and then you could get the stim ta- stim pack upgrade, um, which is just iconic. Like on Terran across every entry, um, and basically lets you sacrifice their health in order to essentially upgrade them. Basically, a tier. It's like I know that these are just cheap like ground units, and they're pretty much worthless, but what if they were awesome for a couple seconds at the cost of their health? <laughs> yeah, but it bumped their attack speed enough where if things were getting dire, mm-hmm. it helps to like mow down whatever you need to. Yeah. Yeah. No, they could just completely obliterate. And usually you like stem in a bunch of groups, right? It's just like a bunch of guys get together in power armor and do drugs before yes. shooting or something. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to shoot up and then go shoot, shoot up a school shoot or up. something? Yeah. Uh, poor Zig schools. But yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty much how I understood them. They kind of had those, uh, their main build paths uh, were kind of like go early into uh, bunkers and marines, try to survive the early game. Um, maybe make some attacks with the marines. Um, did they have any sort of uh, dropship type unit in StarCraft 1? Yeah, if you built a Stargate, you could build a... I think it's literally just called a dropship really? because <laughs> Terran were not imaginative. Yeah. What does this do? And you could just pick up ground <laughs> units, but each ground unit had certain space it would take. Yeah. So you could have like eight Marines in a dropship or two siege tanks. Yeah. Which is space wise, it made sense. And you could go and like drop things on the enemies, which are nice. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, in some remastered VM siege tank drops like above the enemy base. They'd use like the dropship for yeah. air. I didn't know it was called a dropship. That's why I had to ask. Um, They'd use it for a site and then just like drop some tanks on high ground above the enemy base and be like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you going to shoot at me? <laughs> like, uh, very, very debilitating sight lines. But yeah, that's Terran. Is there anything else that stood out to Terran to you? Did you particularly like the race? Um, The other things that I remember are certain buildings would have attachments. Oh, yeah. Which would allow you to get certain upgrades. And sometimes you might have more than one attachment, like... Um, command center could have the the sensor mm-hmm. or the missile silo, but it couldn't have them simultaneously. Hmm. So you'd either have to like pick up and move your buildings, which is another thing Terran could do. Yeah, <laughs> Just or <like> out. <laughs> build more than one. <laughs> which I mean, if you had an expansion, typically you'd do that. Yeah. Also, their buildings, if they got damaged enough, would just start to burn out. Yeah. But what's cool about Terran is they can spend resources to have SCVs repair. Right. Anything mechanical. So that's buildings, any mechanical units. Yeah, things like that Goliath or yeah. Siege Tanks. Uh, bunkers, that was the other thing. That's probably one of the reasons that, bun- that Terran had such crazy turtling ability. Because yeah. they get to heal those mechanical things. Yeah, exactly. The other races didn't have that ability. Uh, so sustained fire to wear them down. Terran's just like, yeah, I'll just throw some guys at it. Yeah. But all in all, I don't see Terran as my favorite race by any means no they're kind of like the baseline like cool cool but can we get on to the next subject (laughs) yeah exactly transition noises (laughs) (laughs) that's better than I expected thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was actually added in post that's the funny thing so the next one is uh, obviously Zerg or at least as far as if you're going the campaign way yes yeah I think uh the campaign way is actually really cool, too, because you, you, you start off, you're introduced to all these characters, 
um, build some understanding of what they're doing in the world. Um, but the transitions through the story from one race to another, like absolutely blew my mind when I played yeah. original OG How Starcraft. So? I had no idea that the, um, that you would actually switch from one race to another, like in the course of the campaign. So I finished the mission. I'm like, oh man, it really sucks. That, you know, uh, like, uh, Jim was betrayed and all of this is going on. He's left and he's really upset. Oh yeah, I'll keep playing as Jim. I'm invested as Jim. And then the game's like, you are now a cerebrate. It's like, and, and you are entrusted in uh, defending this chrysalis. I'm like, huh? <laughs> Hold up, though. <laughs> Fight for the enemy. I would never. Okay, I'm on level two now. <laughs> yes, exactly right. But, uh, man, that transition to Zerg, I just, I love because Zerg is so different. Like, they, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that, right? I won't describe how they're different <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thank you, caller. Uh, like, they start you off, and they're like, hey, uh, you have a hive now. You know, you can uh, spawn your larva. Like, larva, larva will spawn off of this. And you can, like, build your drones and things. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not, like, building my SCVs anymore. Yeah, it's, like, it's definitely a change-up, because every other... Every other, two other races, Protoss yes. and Terran will every other race. <laughs> will essentially have build queues. Yeah, and it'll produce the unit if it has enough resources, and but it takes a set amount of time. Yeah, but it makes sense. It's like an assembly line, right? Yeah, the hatcheries, layers, and hives will just spawn larva over time, mm-hmm. and then you can have larva go into any unit you have access to build. Yeah. So you're building your drones from there, which are your resource collectors for comparison to SCVs, mm-hmm. your Zerglings, your Hydralis, Mutalisk, Overlords. Everything is from that. Yeah. So you're kind of waiting on a passive timer to generate larva. So a lot of times, Zerg will end up building a bunch of hatcheries yeah. in a row together to be like, mass build this shit. Yeah. So then you'll have 12 of whatever unit coming out at once. Yeah, you can just rebuild your army like almost instantly. You're like, all right, that offensive kind of failed, but I've got some resources banked, so I have a second army. <laughs> yeah, late game Zerg is nuts, which is why they're the fucking swarm. Yes, exactly. And uh, Zerg is my favorite. Like, They just play in such an interesting manner with their kind of hit-and-run tactics in the early game, where your units are faster, like your Zerglings, which are these just ravenous, clawed... Demon puppies. Demon pu- demon puppies is a good way to put it, I think. Um, but they just charge at enemies, do tons of damage, and die immediately, basically. Like, no health on them. Yeah. They are the cheapest unit, because mm-hmm. if you spend 50 minerals to make it, every larva actually makes two zerglings. Yeah. So that's you kind of, like, throw them at the enemy. Mm-hmm. But they are fast, they're good for scouting... Yeah, yeah, they're, they 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 get completely mowed down by their fixed emplacements like bunkers and things like that. Like throwing zerglings at a bunker is usually a losing proposition if there's yeah. anything in it. <laughs> but uh, if you uh, say like you built one of your evolution uh, units early in the game, not unit, a uh, building, like um, spawning pool, which was necessary to create the zerglings, um, one of the strategies was to build it basically as early as possible or as early as feasibly possible. And then just invest all of your resources into making a small army of Zerglings and praying that your opponent didn't build defenses yet. <laughs> or the Zergling Rush, or Zerg Rush. Yeah. Which, uh, as, a, as a term, has just moved beyond the game, and that just exists now. 
You're just like, okay, no, we're all in right from the start. Just like Wombo Combo has persisted through many things, mm-hmm. but it only has one game of origin. Yeah, Dr. Wombo. We need, we need to have a talk after this. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Zerg does really stand out because they are the first obvious, like, really non-human race. They're oh, yeah. very xenomorphic. Yeah, I was going to say alien. Your term is way better. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia article. <laughs> yeah. But they're very slimy, very more beast-like than any of the other races. Yeah, they're just, like flesh and tissue and biological organs that's all of their buildings yeah yeah i mean literally but it looks like it too like yeah like so like the evolution chamber on the ground the evolution chamber which allows you to like upgrade oh uh ground defenses ground attack Mm -hmm. and something else i'm sad i forget at the moment range attack or is that a different one was that the hydralis stand or something no you actually might be right yeah I think it was melee range. That's all for ground. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a beating heart. Yeah. And like all of your your buildings kind of pulsate. Yeah. And it has like a very. It's alien. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much alien. It's like if if your entire if the human body was just all of the insides were just spread, spread out, out. <laughs> across the base. That's basically Zerg, and just continues to spread. Jake, if I die, <laughs> yes. not when, if. Yes. <laughs> I want you to have my body arranged in such a fashion. <laughs> Make a Zerg, Zerg base. Yeah, everybody. so if people go to the viewing, they're like, oh, I remember Starcraft. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, oh that's, that's Dave. <laughs> yeah, I probably can't do that. I don't know if literally anyone who would be in charge of the way your remains are handled would let me do that. I can just give you um, power of attorney. <laughs> that's a bad idea. <laughs> I'll be dead. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. But they also have to build on creep. Yes. It's one of the restrictions. Mm-hmm. So you can build... Well, key thing. Drones would essentially sacrifice themselves to become that building. Yeah. So this is another one of those economy hits mm-hmm. where you can't have that unit collecting resources because it's becoming a building. Exactly. Whether it's... Uh, the key thing I wanted to transition to is the creep colony. Yes. Which just exists as a building, but it generates creep under it, which allows you to build buildings on it. Yeah. And there are also some other features of it. Yeah. But the creep kind of spreads out over time. Yeah, and it's kind of... The the creep kind of... Did it grant sight to you in StarCraft 1 as well? I know it does in later games. So it doesn't, but the colony itself would. Okay, so you kind of just would have sight around the area. It, it represents, like, the area of control mm-hmm. for Zerg. Did you move faster on it? I think certain... I believe ground units did. Yeah, I know. I know flyers don't, but um, it's really important for transitioning, like uh, between your bases, holding control of an area, and obviously your opponent wants to deny you that resource. It wants you to de- wants to deny you the ability to place buildings wherever you want, and uh, kind of like shut down their advances and be aware of what you're doing. Because even if the creep doesn't provide a lot of sight, you have these colonies all over the place. It's going to catch something, right? Yeah. Um, and you could transition those creep colonies into sunken colonies to attack ground units that's like or a, spore colonies. Like a spine thing, right? Like yeah, a tentacle. It, it was like a subterranean thing. Yeah. It kind of, again, pulsated. Yeah. Like you saw it kind of go down. It's like and, a tongue attack. Almost. And it'd be like, like yeah. a, it would just come up. Yeah. And like two hits would kill a marine. Yeah. And they would just kind of explode. Freaking good defense. Like, I don't know if fixed emplacements was ever really a good meta, but man, I loved, I loved those It's definitely needed for some things Mm -hmm. though it's not the way to win yes yeah but it's a necessity yeah um it just looked badass though 
yeah, just everything Zerg has is awesome. They have the uh, the the Cerebrit uh, commander, kind of just su- like psychically controlling this section of the army, right? It's just like go out and expand, and that's one thing like I loved about StarCraft is almost always at the start of a mission, they give you like a basic base usually just the main uh, unit and they're like all right now grow and i love that kind of expand and they pretty much always start from scratch yeah i really like building up from nothing and making something awesome and zerg conveys that i think more than any other race because it doesn't stop it's all about this like cancerous growth on the map yeah the evolution of zerg of the swarm oh my gosh you just get goosebumps talking about zerg freaking awesome and I don't think too, too much, but um, in StarCraft 1, uh, the Mutalists could transform into Guardians, if you had that upgrade. Oh, yeah. Which made them a stronger air unit, but they could only attack the ground units. Yeah. They could no longer combat with air, mm-hmm. but they had insanely good range. So that was like your late-game like air siege. Of, yeah. And it would just destroy bases if did, you didn't have a defense for it. Did they have Broodlords in uh, StarCraft 1? Mm-mm. Those add later. Okay. So Guardians probably filled that role a lot more. Um, yeah, you mentioned Mutalists. Mutalists were like my Zerg strategy. <laughs> Again, these are super, like if I like Wraiths, I'm going to yeah. like Mutalists super fast. These guys heal over time, which is awesome. Like all the Zerg units do. They're biological, so, you know, Creep's going to heal it eventually. And uh, Mutalists were freaking fast. They'd have like the Glaive attacks off of those would yeah. bounce through the army and you're just like i'm just gonna obliterate everything it was nice when you're going for like a group of something especially if you could ever hit that choice choice economy line in the back yeah because you'd send out let's say you had a unit of 12 you'd send out 12 attacks yes but then those would each bounce and do a little bit less damage mm-hmm. but you're still doing a lot oh, so yeah. it's nice to attack and go in and because of how fast they were you can kind of go in and do precision strikes and then re- relocate them yeah yeah this is this is the other part to the the uh turtling strategy defend your base send really fast air units to attack the opponent's base until you just yeah. win <laughs> yeah that was basically it didn't even matter the race that's the strat um so i love i love mutalisks i never built like some of the um the heavier units for zerg because i was so dependent on their air but um they have hydralisks, which are super iconic. Like they shoot spines and are generally terrifying to almost everything because they can yeah. hit air and ground. Right? They're just really balanced mid range. Yeah, it's like they have like lower health than like some of the t- beefier units, but it doesn't matter because everything's dead. <laughs> yeah, right? They did take Vespine, uh, Vespine, which was like the other um, resource you had to gather early, and that usually was used in your your late game units. Um, or or more expensive ones. Um, yeah, so one thing I want to explain is Vespian was capped a little bit. Mm-hmm. So for like the mineral collective, you could have maybe 16 to 20 workers collecting minerals over yeah. time. And they'd always bring back at like 8 a pop. But for Vespian geysers, after you had built something on to collect the Vespian, you could only have three workers at a time kind of cycling through. Right. You could have more, but it didn't mean They would just be, like, waiting, like, (laughs) I'm in line for Vespine. (laughs) But, so you were kind of limited that way. So it was a more desired resource. Exactly. But Hydralists were only 25 Vespine, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't a huge cost. But if you're trying to save it from Mutalists, which were 
100 minerals, 100 Vespine. Yeah. You got to have something stored away. And that's usually where, like, your your army composition comes into play in StarCraft. It's like, you choose where your uh, evolution is going to happen. Yeah. Now, this is admittedly for players that are better than I am, where using one strategy is the only strategy, but you're like, oh, I saw that they're uh, coming at me with all these Marines. I'm going to invest in this particular, you know, um, resource path. Maybe I'll build something like, I know that their their army's kind of immobile, so I'm going to build a Nidus Worm. Like, I will build the network, the actual Nidus network, which uh, is kind of like a game finisher, right? It's essentially basically a cross-map portal for your units. Yeah. Biological portal. <laughs> the only downside, or I guess limitation, is it had to be built on creep. Yeah. So you could, obviously in your base you have creep, mm-hmm. but to just try and sneak up on somebody else's base, you'd have to have another type of colony built out there yeah where you have creep generated to then be like hey what's up they didn't have um did they have the they didn't yeah i'm already getting the head nope. shake so i know that overlord you're gonna say the overlord generating creep yes that's the cheap really easy way to do that in uh, later games but this is this is hard mode you, know? yeah. <laughs> you gotta build your way there so that was probably a little less viable i'd assume in starcraft but One. even so like let's say you were building an expansion mm-hmm. maybe a second expansion you could quickly relocate ground units to be like, hey, we need some defenses oh, right. over here. So your whole army could be wherever you are. That's a, I could see that being strong. <laughs> it's still useful. Yeah. It's just more defensive tool. Yeah, it's just good to relocate units. You can get it defensively. You just have to be real sneaky. Real sneaky. Like, <laughs> like, what is this creep doing? <laughs> I don't remember my base being so purple. <laughs> yeah. Did you do this? <laughs> Looks at SCV. <laughs> That was me. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. My bad, guys. My bad. Got him. Um, Another thing um, I really liked, but never used in competitive, mm-hmm. uh, the Defilers mm. were an insanely good utility unit. They could do some stuff. But the main thing I care about <laughs> is <That's good. laughs> the Dark Cloud ability. Yes. It cost uh, some amount of energy, mm-hmm. but it put a cloud in an area, and it lasted for way too long. Yeah. But ranged attacks could not go through the cloud. Yeah. So you could go up to, let's say, a Terran fixed base that has like some bunkers, a couple of missile turrets behind, and some siege tanks. Yeah. And you're just like, hey, I'm going to throw up the cloud and throw some Zerglings in. Yeah. <laughs> they can't be hit by ranged while they're under the cloud. Yeah. So they just kind of work their way through that choke point, which is nuts. It's like situational invulnerability against certain comps, and that's just freaking amazing. Um, yeah, there's a, some of those Zergling specialists, uh, or not Zergling, Zerg specialists, <laughs> Zergling specialists, I don't know what that is. I only build one unit. <laughs> yes. Interesting strat, Dimitri. Yeah. It's, it's got no counter. <laughs> I attack his base before he attacks mine. I win. <laughs> it's done. But now uh, the specialist units usually had uh, more in the cost, in the way of like Vespin costs, like those defilers. Yeah. Uh, and they'd have active abilities, which is the reason I'd never built them. Like, you had to hit keys on your keyboard other than, like, A and then left click. Yeah, I so. <laughs> I really understand. Like, I was by no means a micromaster. Yeah. Some people were really good with it, though. Um, and those abilities basically allowed you to modify the... Uh, they give you, like, power modifiers for an army versus army fight. Because so you're just like, hey, maybe I'm going to, like, completely destroy one of your units with, like, um, an ability from a queen. Mm-hmm. Maybe right, like spawn broodlings. Um, 
something that will uh, completely shift the balance of the fight. Um, or, you know, Dark Swarm, you know, something like that. Make that cloud, and then all of your marines are completely worthless. Um, just really, really impressive micro abilities are, like, required by StarCraft. Which is probably the reason that I've never been great at it. But because it's really no, like literally APM, like actions per minute. Yeah. It's defined by StarCraft. But, uh, I don't know. It's still great. Even without, even if I can't use the good guys, the really big, like, specialists. I mean, you can just do what I do where you select all 12 of one unit. You're like, do the one thing. Yes. You have that one thing as a special ability and hope for the best. (laughs) They did it. I won. (laughs) Yeah, I never experienced that. The last thing I feel we should mention about Zerg, though, is ground units can learn Burrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's true. Which is crazy nuts. I don't think the Ultralists can, because they're too big. Yes. <laughs> but it's really cool if you have like a pack of Zerglings, you can kind of just leave them out. They'll mm-hmm. still have vision of the area if they're underground. Yeah. But they can just hang out there. And then, oh, something walked by, <laughs> you just pop up right next to it, and you're like... And everybody's dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the The ambush potential is absolutely crazy. I know it's it's less viable, like the higher tiers of play, um, because people have so much vision. Oh, they have detection for everything, like literally everything. Um, but what's funny is because it's not viable at the highest tiers of play. Like sometimes I just watch StarCraft matches because yeah. you know lunch break. It's fun. <laughs> um, uh, there have been amazing swings because of situational burrows like specifically in later games but um i'm sure it's happened in starcraft one as well where it's like once you're at the top tier and you're like nobody's gonna burrow against me no one's gonna pick up burrow it's a waste of resources you know they know that i will know so then it surprises you because no one will do it right yeah so uh starcraft's got a lot of that kind of uh rock paper scissors to it where if you do something your opponent's not anticipating at all that can be all it takes to win, like in an instant, um, which is awesome. But before we jump into the next race, uh, do you think it would be a good time to take a coffee break, or are we good to go? I'm, I'm probably good to go. Not enough energy. On second thought, let's take that quick break. Yeah, I think it's for the best. <sighs> so what was... Shit, I entirely actually forgot the last race. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we should probably look that up. Research complete. Right. Oh, yep. Protoss. Protoss. Yep. Those are the other ones. Don't know how we forgot about those guys. So they're called Protoss, but I am by no means pro at toss. Right. Because. Or tossing. Protossing. That's what they call it, right? (laughs) Playing the race. Jake, no. (laughs) No? Okay, no. They yes. are also an A. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just here to throw you off your game. That's all. You're I'm doing, doing a great fucking job. <laughs> now, so Protoss is the other alien race, obviously, hmm. but they're much more advanced, refined, very noble. Yes. Very smooth. Yes. I've touched one. They're very smooth. <laughs> very, yeah, they actually they're not... have like a wrinkly kind of skin, though. Purple wrink. They're basically Thanos type skin, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. But if you consider like Zergs to be like the, the very raw aliens, yes. these are the very advanced aliens mm-hmm. who kind of are very dismissive of 
Terrans because they're just like they're fucking people. They got they got nothing. Yeah, but they have advanced technology. They have shielding. Yeah, they have pylons which they need to build things within, like an energy kind of sphere of influence. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and pylons are also what gets them energy for like unit cap. Yeah, dual purpose there. Yeah, yeah. And the other cool thing is, um, as I'm just talking about buildings and none of the units. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's where the the units come from, presumably. Ah, yes. We'll lead into it. Uh-huh, we'll talk about yeah. the buildings first. And then we segue. <laughs> so you can technically have one pylon, and mm-hmm. it has like a radius of things you can build on, because the pylon powers the building. Right. So if you're a dumbass, and you only have one Man. pylon for like... I'm sorry. <laughs> a whole, this like, doesn't need to be hypothetical. Dave. A, whole, a whole horde of buildings. You can just take out the one pylon, uh-huh. and you've depowered their whole fucking base. Oh, yeah. So you never want to do that. You technically want to have it, like, multiple pylons, and you have double dependencies. I've definitely like, been on the receiving end of that strategy, where it's just, like, one pylon. Like, it seems really inefficient to, like, have to, you know, put all of these pylons around. Mm-hmm. Here's one pylon. All of my defenses are around it. Excellent, excellent. And then they just kill that. I'm like, where did all my te- where where did all my photon cannons go? Yeah, which I think is uh, probably my favorite uh, building out of Protoss. It's like if bunkers are good, that's that's fine. These are bunkers you don't have to put people in, and they do more single target damage. That's true, but not as fast. <laughs> but I mean, the animation is kind of cool because just like a little a thing like a telescoping thing that comes up. It's mm-hmm. like a little ball. And it shoots, like, a little orb of light. Yeah. But the delay in it has, like, a weird effect, similar to how Dragoons fire. Mm-hmm. And they can also attack uh, air and ground. Which is nice. I do like it's that. It's really nice. It's like a, it's like a marine. But again, <laughs> not a marine. But better, because it's a different <laughs> yes. race. Yes. I'm going to just equate everything back to <laughs> back marines. To marines. <laughs> yeah. Zelts are good, but marines... <laughs> marines, though. They have, like, ranged side blades that they shoot from their gun. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of zealots, yes, um, they're Protoss's cheapest unit, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. outside of the probe, which right. is what you're building with. Mm-hmm. I use those a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to build my base, Protoss is gonna take forever to get through. Oh my god, <laughs> they're all puns. It's all puns in any window. So, real quick, with probes, yes, uh, when building, they can essentially summon in buildings mm-hmm. under the radius of a pylon, and then they can kind of go fuck off and go back to collecting resources right so that's one of the more impressive things about protoss which is beneficial and almost needed because a lot of protoss's costs are higher because mm-hmm. their units will require more resources because they're usually dealing more damage or have more health right and on top of the health they also have shields yes so they're definitely more cost effective units but they're high investment they will always be high investment like losing protoss units sucks yeah because how fucking expensive they are. Yeah. And they're not usually too quick to build either. But technically, if you have like a good army of like zealots or your front up, mm-hmm. front end up close melee unit. Yeah, they're berserkers. Yeah. Charge in there. And they're pretty decent. And then dragoons will be your mid-tier range, similar to hydralisks or... What's the other? Oh, are you talking about? Uh... I was hoping you were going to say marines, but it was wrong. Uh, yeah, it was so... actually goliaths. Oh, okay. I didn't fall for it. Ha! Got him. But they can attack air and ground, whereas zealots are just ground units. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It would, it would be really impressive if they could attack air. They'd literally be jumping at aircraft. They'd just punch the sky. Ah. Fuck you. <laughs> I wish they had that animation, but it didn't do damage. It was just... Ah. <laughs> Frustration animation. Uh, that's great. Yeah, the uh, Protoss have a lot of really cool designs and units. They're all like gold and blue. And like you said, they're sleek. If uh, Zerg are the body organs, Protoss are the skin. <laughs> it's like, looks good. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's not a great. I'll, I'll, I'll take, take it. it. I'll yeah. take the comparison. Yeah, much like uh, the ghost could be your kind of subtle strategy for Terran. Um, Protoss had access to the uh, Dark Templar, um, where they're more expensive. They take like a lot of your Vespian gas, um, and losing them again sucks. But uh, being on the receiving end of just invisible units in your base, killing all of your workers never that fun and it's usually pretty effective to take you out of the game yeah and benefit of dark templar is that they are permanently invisible yeah and it doesn't require any energy it just this is me this is who i am <laughs> yeah accept me mom <laughs> but again they can only attack ground units yeah but their damage is like 40 or 50 which is insanely high yeah they just kill they just kill stuff they can like one hit kill workers which is nice yeah but you just have to get them there mm-hmm so if you drop, if you take a dropship over to somebody's base mm-hmm. and they don't see anything come out, they're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. It just pauses in the air for a second and then turns around and goes back. Mm. <laughs> Suspicious. Gonna drop a scan on that one. Um, they're obviously really cool. They also have uh, some of the, I'd say, strongest casters in the game in the form of the High Templar, right? Oh yeah. Um, I've seen plenty of matches where a key size storm ab- absolutely turns the, the uh, tide of the battle. You're like, hey, isn't it great that you have all of those Zerg and you got like 200 unit cap and they're in a big pile and they're dead? <laughs> yeah, the AoE damage on that is surprisingly nuts. And it, I think it does damage over time. Mm-hmm. So if you stay in the storm longer, yeah. you get fucked up more. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it stacks. I'm not 100% on that. Oh, yeah, you sure. can definitely have multiple Templar do yeah. side storms and a thing. This is what I was talking about before with the, you have 12 units who do one thing. Yes. Yeah. I have High Templar who are like, nuke this area, please. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> the area is dead. <laughs> we have killed the area. <laughs> but if you're like me and you're like, hey, High Templar, those guys have buttons. I don't use characters with buttons. You take two of them and you like push them together and you just now like kiss. Yeah, push them together a couple times and you're like, all right, how does this work? Eventually, if you push them together enough, they form into an energy being called the Archon. And uh, I liked Archons. Archons oh, cool. easily the coolest fucking unit in yeah. the whole game. I agree. Because it's like a giant ball of energy slash a naked guy at the center. Right. Which, which was... what more could I ask for? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> but it like shoots out like this psionic blast, which mm-hmm. does aoe damage it's like a chain lightning but it's honestly his normal attack it doesn't chain but that's what it looks like yeah it's lightning (laughs) it's like a cool splashy lightning thing it's like chain lightning but without the chain so lightning what would you describe (laughs) it uh yeah it looks works really well against um in particular protoss seem to fight zerg it's you know a lot of their abilities are against that so you got a bunch of zerg grouped up uh particularly things like uh mutalist right we're all just sitting there in a pile, and you're like, what if I hit the entire pile at once? So splash damage is beautiful for things like that. Yeah. Also, a lot of units in Protoss are very... You have health, and you have shields. Mm-hmm. Shields will recover over time. 
but for Archons, it's like 10 health and like 350 shields. <laughs> yes. Which is on average better for Protoss. <laughs> yes. More regenerable, regenerating health is good. <laughs> so the only downside of that is if you're against a science vessel for Terran, mm-hmm. they can shoot out an EMP, which <laughs> just, you know, remove shields from an area. Right. Yeah. You don't need those. You've got that 10 health you can fall back on. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't work so great. Uh, the other thing that's here uh, on our list that I'm not as familiar with is the, the Reaver. Um, because that doesn't exist in the games that I played since then. But um, I guess it was too impactful, maybe. It was just a metric fuck ton of damage. Yeah. Similar to the Siege Tank, it had really good range. You actually had to pay for the ammo because you create scarabs at like 15 a pop. Okay. And the unit would actually have to create it like it was a building producing units. Right. So you'd have to wait for that time. Did it have autocast kind of like continually rebuild these? Did that exist? Or did you have to manually do it? I think you had to manually do it. Yeah. Because Starcraft I believe was it. not. I believe it, yeah. was not as friendly as later Starcrafts. But it would shoot out like this little scarab. And then it would reach a target and explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a couple of those on your back line. It was really hard to deal with. Yes. Again, AoE. Tremendous burst damage. Zerg's going to have a bad time. <laughs> this again, race... susceptible to air. Because they can't do shit. Exactly, yeah. Thankfully, they got Mutalisks. So obviously, Protoss has no counter to that. And then they have Archons. And your Mutalisks are dead. This is, the, this is the rock, paper, scissors we were talking about. Well, I will say Protoss does have easily better anti-air. Mm-hmm. So in StarCraft 1, before even Brood War, just simple scouts, similar to the Wraiths for Terran, mm-hmm. had pretty shitty air-to-ground damage, right? but had amazing air-to-air damage, because they would shoot out these rockets. right? And they're also still fairly tanky, because they're a Protoss unit. Mm-hmm. So if you have those against Mutas, we'd wreck them. Also, the fucking flagship, the carriers. Oh, yeah. Which again, the only unit you build. <laughs> the only offensive unit built you build if you're me and you're turtle in the yeah. early game. <laughs> you get that fleet beacon out and you're like, I'm making carriers. <laughs> Got them. Yeah, just ridiculous investment in resources. But you never. It's like, uh, it's like a Fritos, I think, something like that, or is it Lay's? You never. You can't just have just one. Basically, applies to carriers. You never just send is one. Car- is it Pringles? It might be Pringles. I don't know. They're not They're sponsoring not a sponsor. us. Yeah. <laughs> Screw them. Fuck them. Yeah, don't eat chips. Um, don't be like me. But uh, you always build them in a group. You've got like a bunch of those things flying around. And you just swarm the air with the interceptors. You're talking about how the scarabs were building their ammo. Mm-hmm. Same deal with interceptors. Like building those ships that are going to fly out of this carrier and wreck stuff. And if I recall, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um, the AI that was like take care of your defenses, things like that. Like, oh, I'm going to automatically attack enemies. Uh, it could get caught up on interceptors. We're just like, I see all these little flying ships. I'm oh, going to yeah. shoot those. So if there's like something that's anti-air and you're not specifically controlling units to say, hey, attack this, mm-hmm. it'll be like, oh, the first target that entered my range is this interceptor. Yeah, I'm going to attack the worthless small thing. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, it's good to destroy them. Mm-hmm. But if you destroy the actual carrier itself, the interceptors would go with it. Yeah. Usually that was the strategy you want to do. You don't want to just ping them for like 15 minerals at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also if you had like a full stack of carriers and they each had like eight interceptors mm-hmm. and you slowly flew over to an area 
and you just picked one thing to like right click as your target, oh all the gosh. interceptors would go out and kind of like swarm down at the yeah. same time. It looks so fucking cool. It's basically like the Protoss were like, the Zerg or the Swarm? No. We are the Swarm. <laughs> what? The heart of the Swarm, yeah. Interceptors. <laughs> and carriers, yeah. Freaking good, though. Uh, Protoss had uh, a lot of resource management that i kind of struggled with a little bit because since their user their resources their units were so resource intensive um and the fact that you could at any point just like be like i want a new base it's all coming in now right like i sent a probe out i will new i will have a new base and it will all be constructed here's a wall of proton cannons you know i'm just gonna set up um that kind of like instant decision making where you're like this is where the entire wave of defense is gonna go screwed me over because i would make that decision at the wrong time right you're like all right time for a new base spends all of my resources at once and then i'd lose my main <laughs> yeah well at least you try to expand though i've never learned how to do that yeah so i always grew up on playing fastest maps with people oh yeah so you just had the one base <laughs> and you're like turtle up and build shit i've do, heard do what you can i've seen some like uh some rounds of the uh, custom like eight eight player maps where it's just i was gonna say a smorgasbord that's the wrong term but a battle royale basically in its primitive form yeah you're just like all right i hope that i'm not the one that everybody decides to kill first and he goes sit again sit back turtle <laughs> wait for everyone else to kill themselves yeah. off and pray that the other seven players aren't doing the same <laughs> that's the thing it's it's really fun to like try different strats if you're playing with friends because like there are other like things and mechanics you can abuse in the game mm -hmm. so i know another you know i forgot to mention for protoss was the arbiter yes which it merely existing near your units will cloak them all yeah which is again if you just see an arbiter by itself it's not by itself <laughs> so that's really badass it also can throw out a stasis field mm -hmm. to like freeze uh, an enemy unit and hold it there for set amount of time yeah and a then, long time too it's like yeah. almost a minute or something crazy i think that's an exaggeration i think it's like 44 seconds that's an exaggeration it's gotta be I, I i can see that i'm probably wrong but just google it it's fine but it will also chain the effect to other nearby enemies so if things are clumped together you can kind of isolate a whole group and say i'm not dealing with you right now mm -hmm. so you can like sell somebody's army take the numbers advantage also let's say an arbiter is by itself and it's just in your base it has the ability to do a recall yeah. where it will just summon in units from an area and just bring them to where the Arbiter is. Yes. That's it. So this is like your Nidus Worm, but attached to a unit that can fly around the map. Yes. <laughs> it can be pretty nuts. Yeah. And you could use that offensively or defensively, right? Because you're like, you could be super aggressive with your army. We're just going like, it. You're we're losing. Super deep. So guys, we're out. <laughs> yeah like or perform feints something like that where like yeah. here's the entire attack it's at your side base i have now recalled all my units to your main you know yeah like if you move units from your main base over like i gotta defend my expansion mm -hmm. and arbiter's like hey but nah did it have like a global cooldown or could you have multiple arbiters at play like juggling your yeah, units yeah. you could the only limitation was the energy that the mm -hmm. unit had because recall is a pretty expensive ability right but you could build a couple let them build up energy in your base oh yeah yeah, that's crazy. You I, could juggle your base, your sorry, your army around the map like a couple of times if you really wanted to. That's absolutely crazy. 
I, I explicitly know that they disallowed that in future games. So I understand why Arbor didn't make the transition. Yeah, it, it was broken as a standalone unit for sure. Mm -hmm. I can just imagine playing against that would be very frustrating. Like, oh, well, my bad. I let you build a unit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Protoss have a lot of really flashy, high-impact units. But uh, they could never tear my heart away from, from Zerg. Zerg's just... Definitely not. There's... There's a certain aesthetic about Zerg. Like, I'll always admire and respect Protoss as well. Yeah. But they're, they're all more interesting than Terran. But <laughs> it's easiest for me to play Protoss. Yes. Hands down. Yeah. Because I have, like, a simple build order and things that I go through. Not well, by any mm -hmm. means. I yeah. want people to think I'm good. I'm terrible at this game. But Zerg will always be my favorite to actually play. Mm -hmm. It keeps you busy in the early game, too. Like, we were talking about how Micro is huge in StarCraft. And Zerg is, like always trying to do something on the map to always to keep expanding um manage everything that they have going on and the fact that their units can be built really quickly um diversionary tactics things like that protoss actually throws me off because i'll be like all right i need to build my base i have one guy i queue up like shift queue whatever up all of the buildings yeah and then just go back to mining them like all right they're all summoning in what do i do <laughs> you actually have some downtime the downside though is you can't actually uh, queue up builds. Oh, okay. One. Oh, well, oops. So that helps your micro, helps keep you active. Like yeah. I was saying, <laughs> StarCraft's a very micro-intensive game. You couldn't shift queue at all? Mm -mm. Wow. My technology has You advanced. had to go BE for pylon, mm -hmm. click. This is BE for pylon, click somewhere else. Hmm. It might have been P then. I feel yeah. like they did change it between 1 and 2. Yeah. I know it's E and 2, but... Yeah, it's like extractor for Zerg or something weird. Yeah, it's it's just a lot of stuff, but it can always be rewarding. Like I said, I really enjoyed playing mm -hmm. with friends. Yeah, because the campaign super solid, great story. Oh yeah, how they set up the missions and let you learn units and how the race is played for that race war. <laughs> yeah, for multiplayer, I loved <laughs> doing like the cheesy strats here and there. Yeah, probably the most notable for Protoss is the cannon rush. Yeah. Because you only need minerals to do that. So you go build like a, an away pylon towards their base. Like near, near their natural expansion or something, right? Well, if that's fastest, you could just be you could near their choke point. point. Yeah. Just outside their vision, they just put a couple cannons. Mm -hmm. So even if they like build a couple of units to send it to attack, it's hard at that point mm -hmm. to just group up on cannons and take it out. Yes. So you then keep pushing into their base with more pylons and cannons because you're only farming minerals back at the home base. Mm-hmm. And people can get easily overrun. Yeah. It's like Cannon was designed to stop early pushes from small groups of units. Yeah. Which is what they will be creating in the early game. So if you have that in their base already, their base is now your base. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're all in this together, but I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yes. Take your shit. But then it will just be me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, the diversity to ways that you can play the game and how you can adapt uh, each match and how you have to adapt to like... You know, someone's going to rush you with cannons. How do you counter that? Well, you look outside of your base relatively early in the game. Like, all right, well, maybe people check outside their base. How do you how do you counter that, you know? Uh, you, like, learn a couple spots, maybe on each map, where you're like, this is a sneaky location where people might not check. And you kind of just, even all the way up to, like, pro games, it's this back and forth of information, um, where informa information oftentimes wins games in StarCraft. You're just like... I know what you're building. I know how to counter that. Yeah, because if you 
don't know that the person has air and you haven't accounted for air, you're likely going to be fucked. Yes. <laughs> I have all ultralisks and he has all carriers. Because, like, let's uh. say you've not built for it at all, unit-wise, mm-hmm. and you find out and, like, an attack comes to your base, you now have to react. Yes. And you have to spend that time, however long it takes to build a missile turret, mm-hmm. or however long it takes to build a unit that has anti-air, and hope for the best. And you're on the back foot. Yeah. And you never want to be. Yeah. Because on- you have all this other shit going on. Yeah. And it doesn't take long to lose, like, in StarCraft. We mentioned that a little bit, but... Starcraft is one of the faster-paced RTSs. Like, you can literally lose a game in the first five minutes if somebody just straight-up rushes you. Yep. And, I mean, that doesn't feel great. And some games can go considerably longer, and they do. And I think games where everything, everyone's run out of resources on the map, and it's literally just my remaining army versus their remaining army. And, like, using bar- flying barracks is, like, vision and decoys and things like that. That's fun to watch. But... There's a whole range to how a StarCraft game can play out, which is, you know, the reason I think it's lasted as long as it has. Um, and it has, like, amazing sound engineering. Oh, yeah. I don't mean amazing, like, the soundtrack was wonderful, which it was fucking amazing still. Yes. <laughs> but, like, all the units having different sounds for unit selection, movement, attacking, other things, just it really all tied together to make it very cohesive. So when you were playing a specific race... You, you feel like, like the race. Exactly. Like we're talking You earlier, feel like Spider Man. <laughs> we're talking earlier about how uh, all the Terran voice lines, it sounds like they're talking through an intercom. Yes. Like every single one. Mm-hmm. Because that's the technology they had access to. Right. And all Zerg are just noises because a bunch of screeches just, yeah, and things. They're bestial aliens. Yeah. And then all the Protoss ones are very clean and crisp and have like a little bit of a They're like space knights with uh, some some verb. Yeah, their, their voices synthesizer type a little bit of a a twinge to it but it sounds yeah. badass you know yeah. yeah it's i think you can there's plenty of things we can criticize blizzard for but art sound design like just multimedia in general they're they're really freaking good at it. and uh they started that early but as far as the impact of starcraft on the rts genre i mean a lot of games have fallen off in rts's since uh starcraft has been around great goo isn't yep. talked about anymore <laughs> that's true i mean one of the classics too coming out as early as a few years ago <laughs> i mean even when warcraft 3 came out after starcraft mm-hmm. it was definitely played a shit ton yeah as we already had our dota episode yeah but <laughs> i don't ever hear about anybody who still plays warcraft 3 like name one competitive warcraft 3 player (laughs) you can't you don't have the mic fucker yeah Uh, got him yeah i just i don't hear about that as a thing right i hear about starcraft all the time and they have they just did the remastered yeah like when i was looking for some starcraft clips on youtube it's just all remastered matches of just pro games Mm -hmm. because that's the scene that's been existing and still going on Yep. As soon as the remaster came out, like people started playing it, and it's a lot easier to watch than classic StarCraft games uh, in modern, higher resolution. So uh, that's pretty nice. I mean, you could look at what games they what game they chose to remaster. I mean, they didn't pick, pick Diablo two, the game we all wanted. They oh. picked they picked, uh, they picked StarCraft. I'm still holding out hope for Diablo two though. I mean, they made Diablo three, so they're never gonna fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> Diablo three point five. 2.5 there you go a little bit in between 
don't do that just make two um but yeah uh exploded in south korea became basically their national sport i don't know if that's actually true but it's what we all believe to be true which is good enough um and they just held that game alive like i doubt blizzard there's no way blizzard could have known how big starcraft and then particularly brood war oh my god we're gonna be in the scene um because there was no scene they literally created like an industry that didn't exist prior to it and uh yeah i mean that that can't really be understated it paved the way for modern esports as a genre so pay respects to everything that's paved the way for you over one (laughs) it's nuts how much um like a group of people can just binge play a game at like land cafes yeah like i can't binge games that much but these people were able to, and so much to the point that they drove the demand up. Yeah. That they were hosting their own tournaments, to then it became official, mm-hmm. to then became like a national stage thing. Yeah. It's like when the, the athletes and the people who are revered in your society are people who are really good at StarCraft. Like, that's, that's an accomplishment for the game. Do you, do you remember when esports started being a thing? You're like, maybe I could do yeah, that. Yeah. But then you realize you're already too old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that hit me when I was like fourteen. Yeah. It's like, there's no way. I'm... This is that, that's a young man's game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like we mentioned, remastered's available. Uh, pretty cheap. It's like ten, fifteen bucks, something like that. You can pick it up. I um, think you also might get it for free if you already have the base game. It's possible. I don't have it. <laughs> I don't know if they see the thing. Actually, is... no. I'm gonna immediately say I'm wrong. They I didn't think track I'm thinking games. of. You can download original starcraft if you still had a cd key yeah i believe that i think the remastered is still 10 to 15 bucks mm-hmm. yeah but uh definitely worth it and yeah i mean if you haven't experienced starcraft then that's your opportunity missing out yeah even just the campaign which is all i did dave did all the fun things in multiplayer but i did the campaign i had a heck of a time blew my mind as a kid um so as long as you're a kid and you're listening to this i mean go play starcraft <laughs> Come join the legacy of the void. Wait, wait. Of just of just StarCraft. It is honestly <laughs> The Void of StarCraft. <laughs> it's the game's old as fuck, but it's uh super solid. Whether mm-hmm. you wanna hop in StarCraft One, mm-hmm. Brood War, yeah. or even StarCraft Two, which, which is... I specifically try to avoid not talking about. Yep. Sorry, avoid talking about. Gotta keep the that content. Tired. Gotta po- put that in the back pocket. We'll, we'll save that one for later, possibly when I can force Dave into it, because that's the one I, because that's the one I know more about. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us for another episode of Soapstone. This one was pretty important to both Dave and I for our cultural heritage, where we came from, specifically Dave. But you know, I participate. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. My name is Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Joined always by my co-host, Dave. How are you doing tonight, Dave? <laughs> doing pretty good. How are you? But uh, if you guys want to leave feedback on the episode, talk about it. Talk about StarCraft RTS experiences. Feel free to leave them on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. You can also email them in if you don't like communicating with other people other than us, which I understand, uh, at gmail.com slash just kidding that's not how that works soapstone podcast at gmail.com listen i know jake fucked this up but listen to our previous episode endings if you want to know how to contact us that's that's the standard this is the outlier don't judge me for this one 
Yeah. It's also in the description. Just look at the description. But thank you guys again for listening. We always appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Yep. See ya. Awaken, my child, and embrace the glory that is your birthright. Know that I am the Overmind, the eternal will of the Swarm, and that you have been created to serve me.